Are you ready? You are about to enter the Power On Boost podcast, where we facilitate the awakening of your personal power by providing powerful content that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you realize you are enough. Come join your host, Adrian Wesley, and let him show you how you can turn your power on and be alive to thrive. This is the Power On Boost, facilitating the awakening of personal power worldwide. I'm super, super excited to share my guest with you tonight. This is my first ever interview and podcast. We've got an online entrepreneur, a very successful online entrepreneur, a creator of the University of Adversity podcast, and the co-founder of Ignite Podcast Productions, Lance Isios. How you doing, man? Thanks for being here today. What's up, bro? Thanks for having me. Super excited to uh, be helping you on your journey here, being your first guy, and uh, I'm really excited to be here, man. Yeah, it's a very cool story. For those of you that don't know, which is probably most of you, uh, I met Lance as one of my clients as a human optimization, human optimization client, and when we first met, Lance was trying to figure out the next strategy in his life and where he wanted to move, and, and now you're on fire, brother, and it's super exciting to... Uh, to be here. And I also want everybody to know that I hired Lance, uh, Lance's production company to produce my podcast because I was so impressed with his. And on that note, brother, very, very interesting how tonight is the first time I've ever interviewed anybody. And we were talking about this before the show, how most entrepreneurs have amazing ideas, but don't start things because they're scared of being perfect. What message do you have to my audience about starting something new? Yeah, first of all, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor, you know, working with you and seeing the growth and, you know, the conversations that we've had over the last, you know, what is it, six months to a year almost now. It's just been, it's amazing just kind of seeing both of our changes in our lives. You know, we were meeting in Vancouver in person and then seeing you move to Thailand and it's been an absolute journey, man, and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, as far as, you know, my entrepreneurial journey, I was always afraid to kind of jump into things that were out of the norm, you know, and when I did, it was, it was a big thing for me, but I realized as well how much I needed to work on and how much I was lacking in certain skills because I'd sort of rode the train of going with things that are kind of easy and what I knew and which was working in bars and dealing with people. So I was always, I kind of stuck away from ever doing anything new that involved risk. And it's very dangerous because your life passes you by very quickly. And if you don't take risks, if you don't take chances on things, your life will pass you by. And when I started to get into the online world, I didn't have a lot of success like a lot of people did. It was a grind, to be honest with you. But a lot of it had to do with my habits. A lot of it had to do with the consistency. But I always had this thing pulling me that there, I wanted to do something bigger than what I was doing and something that was going to fulfill me. Because at the end of the day, you have one life and you need to do something that has impact. And for me personally, what I was doing was great, but I wasn't fully doing as much as I feel like I could. And I wasn't impacting as many people as I thought I could. So I went out to this direction of starting a podcast because I, I felt like because of my story, because of what I'd gone through, I need to get this out here and I need to get it out in a way that people can get to know me and I can build trust. So yeah, and then the podcast just sort of took off. It's been taken off. It's been amazing. It's been super rewarding. Um, it's nowhere near where I want it to be yet, but it's growing and it's, it's consistent and yeah, just a matter of taking that risk is just super important. You got you to gotta go with that gut. You really got to follow that instinct that you get when that nudge kind of, that kind of hits you. Awesome. And I think just to add to that as well is that to all of you that are listening to this, you do not need to be perfect when you started. And I'm sure, Lance, you can attest to the fact that you've gotten better and better at what you do over time. Yeah, that's for sure. And like, <laughs> like anything you got to kind of understand where you're at, right? I mean, what have you done in your life so far? I mean, you can't expect miracles to come 
when you don't put in the work or you don't work on the things that are holding you back or get rid of those things. Sometimes we think that things are just going to happen. And unfortunately, you got to understand your strengths and you got to know your weaknesses. So just because you're not perfect at something doesn't mean you shouldn't start. It just means that you need to be aware of what you need to work on and you need to really focus on those areas of getting better. Awesome. Part of the reason I wanted to have you out here uh, was because of the discussions we've gotten into about mental health and, and struggles. And, and this whole podcast is being designed to show, show my audience how to turn their power on and thrive. Can you share with everybody some of the major struggles and hurdles that you've had to overcome in your life, Lance? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a wild ride, to say the least. Well, let's go back to probably my teenage years things. I had a good upbringing until I was about 11 years old. And then me and my family, me and my dad moved across country to Canada. Long story short, my dad got married to a woman that had four kids. It was just like straight out of a movie. Like you, like every little thing that could possibly happen in a nightmare in a step family happened. It was absolute hell. Um, <laughs> to go through that as a teenager was really fucked up because there was just so many emotional things going on in my head about missing family that I was close to and then having to deal with like a, a stepmother that was just, she wasn't a nice person in a lot of ways and manipulative. And it was tough because her son was a good friend of mine. He still is to this day. We don't talk much anymore, but it was very difficult. We had the same circle of friends. So I found myself lashing out in ways where I was getting into trouble any way that I could stand out, I started, you know, being the class clown, all these things that I didn't recognize until later on that really affected me. I started to get into booze. You know, I was playing junior hockey as well at the time. And, you know, I was a good player, but I was still really emotionally messed up from that experience. So during my junior hockey career, I drank a lot. I don't really know. I didn't know why I was. But I liked it. I liked because I could escape and be somebody else. And I wasn't fully committed to my hockey career. And um, that kind of took me to a place where, you know, I made another really bad decision with my hockey career, which led me to taking steroids and um, very poor decision, which cost me my entire career. So at this point, I was very just confused, had no direction. I had hit a point in my life where I was not proud of a lot of emotional drama. A lot, everybody goes through a lot of this stuff, right? Growing up, no one has an easy life. But I was at the point where I, I really feel like I let my dad down. I let my family down, people that thought I was going to be somebody. And I just went into like a downward spiral of, a spiral of drinking and drugs. And the only job that allowed me to do that in a way that was acceptable was bartending. So, you know, I got into a very destructive lifestyle of drinking and partying and, and doing God knows what till God knows what time for the next while. And that led me to moving to Australia. You know, it wasn't all bad, but that move to Australia, just, I thought I was getting away from the booze. I sold all my stuff in Vancouver to try something new. And when I got to, um, to Australia, it was kind of like 10 times what it was in Vancouver, which is crazy. So you know, but I feel like I attracted that stuff into my life because I, I hadn't worked on it and I still enjoyed it. So during that time, things got a lot harder. I went down a very dark road. My brother, I lost my younger brother to suicide, which really spun me into a tailspin. And when we found out that news, my dad was actually visiting me in Australia. So I had to break the news to my dad. I was at work, someone, I get a phone call saying, you know, your brother did that. So I had to go home and tell my dad, you can imagine the, the messed up situation of going home and trying to think in my head how I'm going to tell my dad. So that was messed up. And within that year, obviously my dad didn't deal with it well. He got pancreatic cancer within, within a year. And by the time we found out, I had about 48 hours to get back to Vancouver from Sydney. I got back and I had five hours with him and he passed away. So a lot of shit went on and it just led me to really, that, that really um, solidified where I needed to go and how I needed to change my life in a big way. So I stopped drinking for a whole year. I really got my priorities in order and I just decided 
when I was running bars in Australia that I don't drink anymore. So this doesn't interest me. So I got into the online space where I met amazing human beings. A lot of your listeners are on the same journey and it's been a rewarding journey and I've just grown and just been able to come and experience so many things from that. So it's been quite a ride. Super powerful story and really appreciate you sharing that and being vulnerable as we discussed a big goal we wanted to take out of this podcast and a big goal that we both have in both our lives with our podcasts is to help people that are suffering and help people out of struggles and mental struggles. And it made me emotional hearing that story. I remember the first time you walked into my office a year ago as, as a clinical hypnotherapist client. And we really connected on the fact that my mom attempted suicide and my mom died by suicide. So super, super messed up, fucking powerful stuff, brother. What message do you have to anybody that's listening right now that's struggling mentally, Lance? Well, I just have to say, you got to ask yourself, what is your why? Like, what is your purpose? You know, is what you're doing something that you love or something that is bigger than you? Bigger, not I mean like an ego way, but like is helping somebody else in some way. And I feel like when you can get that perspective that it can kind of shift. And if it's not, then maybe you need to start thinking about doing something that's going to be more fulfilling. Or you got to look at your daily habits. What are you putting in your body, right? What are you listening to? Who are you talking with? All this stuff is important. And, you know, you talk about it. It's self-love. Self-love is more than just going for a massage. Self-love is about what you put into your body in all different forms, right? So you just got to take inventory of yourself. Where, where are you at, you know? And chances are somebody has been there before. So there's always somebody to ask for help. It's just a matter of understanding that you're human and understanding that all you have to do is ask for help and nobody will judge you. And I really believe, you know, if my brother, if we had been connected and he had a chance, an outlet that, you know, I didn't talk to him for a long time, right? So I feel fucking guilty a lot still about not reaching out to him. I thought when he turned 18, we'll figure it out. And it never came, you know? So with that, there's, there's always tomorrow and there's always somebody that's been through worse shit than you and things always get better. So I really believe that if you're feeling that way, do something that makes you smile. Do something that makes you happy. And, you know, because there's always somebody that has a lot worse than you do. 100%, 100%. I think one of, the, one of the things I find with my clients that come to see me when they're depressed is that most people that are depressed are beating themselves up about the fact that they are depressed. And that's actually more, more heavy on them than the depression is. And one thing I really value about you, Lance, is you're part of a very small percentage of the human population that actually have the courage to face their issues because most people unfortunately, are living comfortably uncomfortable, asleep in the dream, not willing to face the pain. Now, um, can you share with your audience, uh, just because I am a hypnotherapist and you have been my client, can you share with my audience about the subconscious and, and how that's impacted your life? Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing, you know, and I think I've cried two or three times in the chair talking yeah. to you because it's pretty amazing. But, you know, you say it well, and you say it a lot, is let go. And you need to learn how to let go. If you don't let go, you're, it's going to be very hard to access those old programs, right? And I feel like some of those programs are so deeply installed in there that it, it, it takes work, man. Like, it takes dedication. It takes understanding that it's not your fault from zero to eight, or whatever the stat is, you're getting things put into your subconscious mind that you have no control of only based around your environment of who raised you and where you were. So you have no choice on what's happening there. So you have all this fucked up energy that you may not know about. We all do. There's nothing wrong with it. But we have, you know, depending on where we were raised, some were raised better than others. Some weren't. Some came out all right. But you have to understand that it's deep rooted in there. And for me, you know, as we worked on it and started to go deep at first, it's a little bit, you know, for me, I was a little bit on my defense. Just, you don't really know what's happening until you just kind of relax and let it go. And then you can kind of access it. But 
it's, it's one of those things you just need to understand that everybody has, everybody's got those limited beliefs back there. And, and a lot of them show up in people's lives and they don't even really realize it because they're covering it up with, with drugs or alcohol or whatever. And they don't really ever feel what it's like to know those limited beliefs. hundred percent. And uh, you said something there at the beginning, Lance, about crying a few times. And that tends to be my, one of my fucking gifts is making people cry. But what ends up happening is, you know, is deep embedded in the subconscious is trapped energy. And not only do we reframe and change the faulty beliefs that are in the subconscious, but we're also releasing that energy. Now, a huge percentage of the rapes and assaults on this planet are from men on women. And I believe personally, a lot of that is because men have been programmed to hold in their emotions. What message can you share to all the men listening right now about crying and being emotional and facing your stuff, Lance? Oh man, crying is the best. It's, it's, I cry in this, like the, my girlfriend laughs at me, but I'll cry in movies. I'll cry at TV shows. It's, like, I don't know. At the end of the day, we're all human and you just need to let go. You need to relax and just, it's super important. And I really believe that somebody that can cry and feel their emotions is the real strength. If you can cry in front of somebody and be vulnerable, that's strength. Like that's what strength is. Holding it in and only hurting yourself. I don't believe that strength at all. I believe there's a certain amount of, I don't mean that like a little bit of suffering in certain circumstances to get something isn't bad. I just mean as far as holding unnecessary things in because you don't want to be embarrassed of crying. I think it's important to release. And after you cry, it feels, it feels great. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> feels fucking amazing. You know, like, I mean, some of those deep parts therapies you come out of there and I've been watching you and working with you and just super impressed. So Lance and I both have a message to all of you very masculine men out there crying and facing your issues is pure strength and running and hiding from it is weakness in my opinion. Yeah, now, Lance, what can you share with everybody about what you do daily, your daily rituals? You mentioned that at the beginning and I think both you and I have come to understand that uh, this is all about how well we raise our vibration every day and how happy we are to be successful as entrepreneurs and that all comes down to the daily activities and the daily rituals we do. What are your top daily rituals? That, uh, that have helped you to turn your power on, Lance. Yeah, and I got to give full credit to, you know, the online community that, you know, the marketing. I, I learned all this stuff from some great people, you know, that I started with. And I'll be honest, when I started this stuff, I thought it was bullshit. I thought, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, why would I do that? And the people that think that are usually the ones that need it most. So for me personally, I don't know. For me, meditation has been the absolute game changer in my life. I used to not be able to sit for three minutes. Now, sometimes I push myself to an hour and I actually feel like it's, it's like some sort of high. Like it's, I can't even, I can't explain it. Sometimes I feel like I float to another place. It's, it's insane. And you don't have to do it for an hour, but the consistency every day is important. Meditation for me has been huge. For me personally, as well as gratitude, I have a gratitude journal. I've been using it for over two years. I find writing it, saying it and saying why you're grateful. Some people don't do it. Some people do. I do it because it's habit and writing things down and reading it over. It just programs yourself on a daily basis. So, you don't. I just feel like, you know, put yourself in the feeling of gratitude, you know, be grateful for what you have. There's so many things. And that has been a profound, that's profound change in my life. My life shifted when I did, when I did those two things. And then the other thing would be like a, from out of like a Tony Robbins thing, like change your physiology, you know, go and have a cold shower. You know, I came back from Unleash the Power Within. I put on some music now and I start jumping to some house music. Whatever fucking quirky thing is going to get your ass out of the seat and, and get you going, do it. Nobody's watching. Who gives a shit? You know, go and have some fun and, you know, smash some good water, you know, hydrate yourself, change your, your, your state in all areas. And I truly believe, you know, obviously with exercise as well, I feel like sometimes daily routines can get a little bit too, too crazy for some people, but you know, just be nice to yourself. If you miss a day, it's not a big deal, but try and try and not take any zeros on it. You know, take, if you got to spend two minutes on something, spend two minutes, you know, so meditation, gratitude, and yeah, like some sort of movement, cold shower sort of deal.
Awesome. I'd fully agree, brother. And I think, uh, I think one thing you mentioned that I've noticed with people, and I've had clients that are professional, perfectionists, and this whole daily routine thing ends up being uh, more of a detriment in the end than it does being something positive because people fucking think they have to be perfect and they've added eight things to the list. So again, to back up what Lance is saying to anybody that's listening, meditation should be number one on your list. And uh, hypnosis and going into trance is an incredible way to learn how to let go. And I think you can attest to the fact that that's part of what's helped you let go is, is learning to be guided into trance. Now, can you share with everybody how, uh, how you meditate and the different ways that you like to do that? And how was it when you started and how is it now? And how did you get yourself? Because the greatest addiction of our time is thinking, Lance, as you know, and if you learn to sit there for an hour in the place of no thought, that's pretty exciting. So can you share with everybody what you've done to create that space for yourself? Brother, that's a fantastic question because it's been such uh, evolution of, uh, it's crazy because when I first started, you know, okay, so I'll be honest. I started a few years ago. I read The Power of Now. This was probably, that was the first book where I read, where I started to become a little bit mindful. So then I got into like Buddha stuff. I started thinking like, oh, this is crazy, right? So started to meditate, did it back in 2013, 2014, but didn't really do it. And then, you know, during that time, whatever all happened, right? Until recently, in the last couple of years, I started, um, I got one of those Muse headbands, right? The Muse headbands from, uh, I got it at Best Buy or something. So I started to listen to that. I started to use that and, you know, plays music. If the birds start to chirp when you know you're in a peaceful state and then the, there starts to be like loud noise of wind when you're not. I liked that. But what I didn't like about that was that there was times where I needed the guidance. So then I would try calm or I would try headspace and I liked the guide in meditation. And then when I met you, you, I started to get into Delta waves, right? Which was at nighttime is gold. But and even like I started to just figure out, okay, well, what's the best music for the day? And I would do, I would do all of those different kinds. And I found that when I got into, that was the first time that I got into like a half an hour, just deep, state was the delta waves where I was like, whoa, like I got out and I was like, this is, this is crazy. I've never felt that before. And, you know, as I went down that rabbit hole, I started to meditate more. And then now to believe it or not, I actually enjoy silence. Like I enjoy, I can go into my, such a nice relaxed state now, dead silent, which before I couldn't do. So it's, it's been a, it's been, I don't know, maybe I, I just tapped into like a, some part that I don't know. I can't explain it. You can't explain meditation, right? right. I, just like you can't explain gravity, really, right? We're getting held down by some crazy force. Like, I can't explain it. I can't explain how the computer works, but it does. And um, yeah, it's, it's super, super important. And I think for people, my tip is that I overanalyzed it too much. And I thought I'd beat myself up about it. I'd say, oh, what is this working? Not everything needs to give you these tangible results. We get so used to watching sports and things need to happen right now and need to get these instant rewards. Sometimes you just need to chill out. You just need to just sit. The monk in you, you know, the inner monk in you just needs to chill out and let things come to you. And I think when you can realize that meditation becomes a lot more becomes easier and you, you stop beating yourself up about it. Well, and I think also to, uh, to add to that, Lance, is that, uh, as I said, the greatest addiction of our time is thinking. So if you just sit down all of a sudden and expect to start meditating, it's the most common fucking thing I hear from people is, oh, I can't meditate. I tried. Well, you can't start something for 10 fucking minutes, try it three times and expect it not to work. And you also have to understand that you've been addicted to thinking all your life. But the rewards are absolutely fucking incredible. I was meditating before this podcast this morning and I was like a bird visualizing myself flying over cliffs and shit, trippy <laughs> fucking stuff. And I was like, I can't wait to come on the podcast and tell Lance about. And it's so funny too, because you and I both used to fucking sewer ourselves as bartenders and I played hockey and football and very masculine, very, you know, partying and you know, now when we get together and we chat, we talk about, oh, what happened when you let go to the place of no thought? and Where did you drift off to today? It's such a, it's such a change from where we came from. Yeah, man. And that's why I loved it when we connected because you, you live the same lifestyle I lived. 
like the bars. Nobody knows what that lifestyle is like unless you lived it. It's like a rock star lifestyle. It's the closest thing you get to playing, being a pro athlete or rock star is that lifestyle, especially you were in Calgary. So it was probably 50 times worse at that time. That place is nuts, but Australia. Yeah. So I connected with you very easily. And for me, it was nice to have those conversations because then it made it easy because we were both changing and it's easier to talk to somebody that's gone through a lot of shit. And I felt like when we talked about letting go, it was like, yeah, you know, you, cause you're, you're walking the walk, you know, you're living to lead it kind of thing. So it's easier than someone just telling you stuff, right? When you actually see the person and, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, and it's been great to see the, you know, the journey, you know, so far and, and seeing you grow as well, man, you're doing so well. And I'm just like, you know, in awe of your, what you're creating, man. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Now, we've talked, uh, we've talked before, and you've heard me preach this over and over. I'm, a big, I'm not a big fan of fucking alcohol. I'm actually not a big fan of anything that society says you should be doing. I mean, eating late at night, cigarettes, alcohol, caffeine's a drug. I mean, I do have a cup of coffee here and there, but back to alcohol. Alcohol's a fucking depressant. And I can't tell you how many people I know in this society that have gone to their doctor for a powerful antidepressant. And they're also drinking at the same time. It's fucking terrifying because those drugs are super powerful. And then you're adding in a neurotoxin, which is actually a depressant. How has alcohol affected your life? And what message do you have to anybody listening about alcohol, Lance? Well, it tore my life apart, to be honest. Um, To be honest with you, I don't know how I didn't get fired from my jobs. I was incompetent at work. I gained weight. Yeah, I, was, I would try and counteract drinking a lot with like a healthy diet and supplements and stuff. But still, like it brought out the anxiety in me, you know, like it brought out the worst. I feel like it highlights the worst parts of you. It's like I had, I, you know, I had bad anxiety. So when I drank, I, I would wake up where I would be, I, I couldn't function unless I had another drink, you know, and you, you couple that with coffee and sugar, oh, you're fucked. And, and for me, it was like a prison. It was like, and I, I remember trying to explain it to my girlfriend, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know how she stayed with me during all this, but I'd come home late. She's, she's an angel. And I would, I would come home late and I would just be, you know, whatever. And I wake up the next day and I would have such bad anxiety. Like I'd be shaking, sweating, not being able to sleep. And then like, and, and trying to explain the anxiety to somebody that doesn't have anxiety is very difficult. 100%. And, and, and it not only did it give me bad anxiety, but it, it really, it, it made me feel depressed. It, it really, um, my performance, my every, everything in my life. But the thing is, is that my job was bartending and creating cocktails, right? So I could kind of slip through the cracks. So it was allowed for me to, to kind of be there, but, you know what I mean? And it was acceptable on my days off to drink. So I kind of cruised through that lifestyle. But somebody that doesn't, it's a little bit harder. But man, I, I don't want to preach to people not to drink. I think every human's different. And hey, you know what? If you got control of it, if you can go and drink and you're doing well and you're happy and your relationships are good, you're nice to your kids, you're making money, you're doing all this stuff. Hey, man, you win. You're, you're, you're happy. But I mean, let's be honest here. This shit wasn't put here to help us. This shit was, alcohol was put here to cripple us. And if you don't realize that, then you need to really have a look at, at what the fuck is going on because alcohol doesn't help you. And if you're using it as a crutch, you're going to have a lot of problems because I found that if once I got rid of alcohol, I was like, oh shit, this is what it feels like to feel. And this is what it feels like to actually build and, and good things too, build on that foundation because so many times we're just digging ourselves out of this hole when we're drinking. But when you don't drink, you give yourself the chance to build on the foundation and you're not chasing, you're not constantly digging yourself. So man, I, I could go on forever about what it's, how it's affected me and how I've seen people fucking flush their lives down the toilet, serving them drinks for years. It's, it's, it's terrible and you need to get control of it if you're having a problem with it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, Love that message, Lance. Love that message. And I'd agree, you know, if you're someone that can drink uh, two Ryan Cokes every day and you're happy and your liver's healthy, fill up your boots. But the problem fucking is, is that there's very few people that are functioning at a high rate and are healthy that are drinking alcohol. And because society says it's legal, 
everybody just follows as sheep and does exactly what they're supposed to do, which is, but would we eat fucking broccoli if broccoli made us throw up the next day? Would we go back the next Friday night and sit down with friends and have a whole fucking plate of this broccoli that makes us throw up and makes us depressed for two hours of happiness? It's just insanity. But, uh, but I'm really glad it came up on this podcast because that's one of the biggest things that impressed me about you when I met you is that you were open to trying going without alcohol. And the funny thing is, is that people have to be without alcohol for 30 to 60 days to see how it actually feels to be human without that stuff in your system. Yeah, because that was the thing. And that's, I went 2017 the entire year and I ran a bar. I wrote a cocktail program sober. So I got to see it, the whole different side. So I, I went a whole year, but then in 2018, I drank again because I thought I can handle this. And my fucking mistakes came back. My weight gain came back. I look at pictures. I'm like, man, what? It was literally like, that's why I'm glad because now I'm off it again. I may, I'm not going to say I'm never, ever going to drink again, but I'm going to say that I, I'm definitely not for now. I'm not right. I'm off it for three months. Um, if our hockey team wins the championship, I may have a couple beers, but in general, I don't have time for it. I don't want it. And I want to be able to look now and be like, okay, I've seen what it's like to drink and it's not, I took a year off, I drank and then I'm, I'm planning on taking most of this year off too, right? And I plan on not drinking much again, but to see the contrast and see 2018 was a good year, but I, I, there were so many times where I was feeling like shit every day and you need to be able to take that time back. And a lot of people say they took three or four days off and that was it. You need, you're right. You need to be able to take 30, 60, 90 to have a perspective of it. Well, and to finish off on the conversation, I want everybody listening to this to understand that I work solely with entrepreneurs now, or pretty much all entrepreneurs, and there is a huge spike in revenue when people get off the booze for 30 days. I've had more than three or four clients have their biggest months when they, when they get off the alcohol. So my message to everybody is, uh, and I'm not saying either don't have a beer here and there, but the problem is, is that it's become uh, absolutely ridiculously used in this society. On a different note, Lance, something that we both share in common is fucking pushing and pulling steel at the gym. And before I get into this conversation, I want to make quite clear that I'm not talking about having to do heavy weights and bodybuilding like, like I used to do. What has the gym done for you, Lance? And what message do you have to everybody about weightlifting and resistance training? Oh, I love it, man. I love these questions. Um, stuff that I don't usually get asked, which is good because I can talk about some different stuff. I love it, man. It's funny because, you know, when I started working out, when I was playing hockey, what they taught us was probably what you, you were same time working out. It was all about getting big. It was all about the bicep curls. It was all about back then I didn't know how to train properly, like for an athlete. So I, but for, it really depends on what you, what you want. Right. I mean, for me now, it's not about getting jacked for me. It's about feeling good, but for the gym is like a staple for sure. You know, I, I think it's a good thing to have a combination of high intensity, you know, some days heavy, some days, no weight, you know, some days sprints. I think it's just fun to have variety. And I really think that everybody just needs to sweat, you know, need to get in and do some sort of like resistance, whether it's body weight or not, you don't need to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what people think. Sometimes it's things have changed and there's so many programs out there that there's so many classes that you can go to, you know, for me, it's, it's, I don't know what I would have done without the gym, man. Like, honestly, in so many ways, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I, it's more I of a therapy I, I, for me. I don't know if I'd be alive without the gym, brother, because <laughs> yeah. fuck man, living generalized anxiety and PTSD for 20 years. It was the gym because no one had taught me about meditation and no one had taught me about the stuff that I, the protocols I've taught you and my clients, but the gym was that place where, and not many people understand this, but when you're lifting weights or doing resistance training, you should be in your muscle and it's a mind-body connection and it's a form of meditation. So yeah. looking back on it now, you know, you're in between sets, you got your head down looking at the ground, you're not thinking about anything else. And it's, uh, it's an incredible practice. The reason I wanted to ask it is because my message to all of you out there, we can't have a proper human optimization conversation about turning your power on unless you're doing resistance training. If you're not working out your muscles, they're dying. And if you train them, they grow. Now, something else that's very, very important for us to talk about, Lance, for everybody to hear is food. 
how has changing your diet affected your life? And uh, also, can uh, you know if you can touch on intermittent fasting because I I know that you've uh, you've been successfully uh, utilizing that as well. Yeah. So this is one thing I've always had an interest for health, and it's funny because one would have called me a hypocrite back in the day, but I did always follow like Dr. Mercola. I always was on top of health stuff, but I still drank, and it was always like. It was a, it's a funny thing. So I started intermittent fasting quite a while ago. There was Dr. Mercola had this guy on, it was probably in 2013. And then he, he wrote a book called the warrior diet. And how about eating one meal a day? And I remember people telling me I was working at a nightclub, some girl that was work, a nutritionist thought I was fucking crazy. She's like, that's, that's not right. One meal a day. And like giving me shit. And it's like, well, you think about it though. Your organs, your organs are constantly digesting food. Why would it make any sense to constantly be feeding your poor stomach and your liver and your intestines constantly? Think about it. It needs time to regenerate, right? So after you start to realize it and you try it and you eat within an eight-hour window, if you, you, you eat enough food in that period, you don't even want to eat after that. If you're eating the right foods, if you're eating garbage, yeah, your body is craving, you get into a craving state and you're craving more garbage, but it's had a profound effect. And I, you know, got into the bulletproof coffee. You know, some people it's, it's a little bit easier if you're working to, to, um, to have bulletproof coffee with grass fed butter and MCT oil to get you through those cravings, because let's be honest at work, sometimes it can be challenging. So I, I mean, that's what I did, but yeah, just shortening the window is eating is so important, but it's not just so much that it's like, what, what are you putting in your body? And there's always, it's confusing because there's just so many different people telling different things. And for me, I've heard so many different things, but for me, my advice would just say like, cut out the shit. First of all, don't overcome what like, cut out the process stuff, cut out the soft drinks, cut out the sugars for sure. Sugar is fucking horrible. Cut out the complex shitty carbs, the pastas and the breads and actually look at what you're eating. And then from there, then see how you do, right? I mean, that's just what I've done. And I, you have to be a human guinea pig. You have to try shit out. Some people are different with things than others. For me, I've tried it all out. I work with an amazing naturopath that you introduced me to, Dr. Nick Jensen here in Vancouver. Guy's fucking awesome. He's like a brother to me now too. And just the stuff that we've been working on, detoxing and it's just, you really just need to take things into your own hands, right? And I could go off on a tangent all day about this stuff. So I don't want to hijack it here, but I just be like, I know you talk about it, bro, about intermittent fasting. And I love it because it's so important. And it's about having discipline with yourself, learning the discipline that you don't need to fucking eat all the time. You know, like there's time to eat and there's time to like be disciplined. So I hope that answered your question, buddy. Yeah, you did. I'm going I'm to keep it going, bro, because it's such an important conversation. And I mean, I can't properly articulate enough to people that are listening to this that are depressed or anxious right now. I literally eat one meal a day, that warrior diet. I didn't know it was called the warrior diet, but I've got myself down. I live in a hot, sun, sunny climate now, so I don't need as much food. But brother, I can eat one meal a day and I'm fucking fine. I'm, I'm loving life. And when you allow your organs to rest, it allows them to produce all the feel-good neurotransmitters and all of those things. Now, one thing you mentioned that I want to dive into a little bit, which is super powerful, and we don't have to go too deep into it, but you've tried every single type of diet. And that's what I think happens is that people try one thing and then they say, oh, it doesn't work. Well, what I've done is I've been a vegan for two years. I've tried low carb, high protein, high fat. I've done the keto diet. I've done different things. And then at the end of the day, what I do is I found a way that works for me. So what are the different diets that you've tried? I don't like the word diet, but what are the different ways that you've tried eating? What different types of methods? Well, I was, I was told when I was growing up to eat pasta and all these high carbs before hockey games, right? I was a hockey player. What we do is after hockey games, we'd go and have pizza and load up on your carbs. And I always wondered why I get this lactic acid buildup in my legs. Like it never made sense. Don't eat eggs. Don't eat that stuff, but eat lots of this crap. Like anyway, so that changed over the years and, and I've tried that. Um, I've tried veg I, I, I've toyed with some of these diets, but you know what? 
I've tried vegetarian. I've tried vegan a little bit. I've done a lot of, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or anything. So I don't want to say anything too much, but for me, I thrive on, I need good quality grass fed beef. I love it. I lots of veggies, a good amount of grass fed beef, not over the top. And then, you know, some fats and I, I love my fats. I love avocado. So keto for me, keto for me is the way to go. That's me. I get the most brain power. I get the most sustainable for me. I'm not hungry all the time. And you know what? For me, before a workout, if I'm in deep keto, sometimes I'll have, you know, I'll, I'll half an hour before the gym, I'll have some exogenous ketones and then I'll have some like 30 grams of, of some sort of carb like or some mango or something, something to just give you a little bit of energy before the gym. And that's called targeted keto, which because a lot of people say keto is not good for athletes, which is, again, I don't know. There's, there's so many dogmatic approaches. You don't have to be one way or the other, carnivore or vegan. You don't have to be that way. You can just test it. And I found the best is to be keto, low carb, get into that ketosis. Don't worry too much about if you go out. But before a workout, for me, chuck in a little bit of maybe a tiny bit of fruit or something just before your workout. That way you get a boost you're burning ketones still with your exogenous ketones if you like those. And for me, that's been the best. I, I love it. And it, I can't stress enough with the protein, though, how important it's, it, the quality is. Like, it's, it's very, very important to do your due diligence of where it's getting. Meat isn't meat. I mean, then there's all kinds of uh, moral, moral reasons, and I'm not here to talk about moral reasons, but for, for performance, for me, that's the best that's worked for me, so... Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Agree with you myself is that the keto diet has been, I was uh, day five, my first five, fifth day in the ketogenesis. And I remember sitting on the park bench at English Bay in Vancouver going, holy fuck, this is bliss. And I'm not taking a drug or meditating right now. Absolutely incredible. And I think you said something also very powerful that it doesn't all have, it doesn't always have to be one approach or the other. You have to try things out. The only message I do have to add to this is that the way that things are, the way that these animals are being commercially farmed right now is completely fucked up and it's criminal. But the other thing to remember is that the carrot cries when you pull it out of the ground as well. So and they've shown that vegetables give off a certain sort of chemical. Some plants give off a certain chemical when they know they're about to be eaten so that yeah. they don't taste good. So, it, it, you know, I used to be vegan and I thought I can't fucking eat meat and I was all empathetic. And, but then my body was like, I need meat, I need meat. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very difficult situation, but plants have, it is, feelings. It, plants it, have feelings too. Exactly. And it depends what rabbit hole you want to go down. See, a lot of times people have one argument, but they don't want to listen to the other side. There's a lot happening right now. And the wool is being pulled over our eyes. There's a lot of veggies. Just because it's a veggie doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be good for you either. And sometimes think people think because it's raw. There's a lot of shit that's on these veggies that affect people's guts too. There's a lot of things out there. And like you said, you got to really do your own Test yourself, try it raw, try it cooked. Maybe take out some of the veggies because sometimes a lot of the autoimmune stuff comes from certain things, but because we think all the things are good for us or all things are bad, we get confused. So I really think it's up to the people to really try stuff out. And at the end of the day, next week, something changes. The week after something changes, it's like every human's different. We're all different in all ways. So you just need to figure out what way is best for you and don't be too hard on yourself about it. 100%, 100%. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you out here today is because you have <laughs> divin deep dive. Jeez, I can't even fucking speak. You, <laughs> right, you have taken a big hold of your, uh, your mental state and your physical health by trying different things and trying different diets and trying intermittent fasting and learning to meditate. And, and the message on that to close off is that things won't change until you do if everybody's listening. Uh, one of the topics I wanted to jump to is entrepreneurship and social media uh, because you're an online entrepreneur and that means that you're on social media a lot and it means that you're seeing a lot of other people's stuff. A lot of people sewer themselves by comparing themselves to other people and you told me I could go deep on this and ask you anything. So, you know, this has been an issue for you and I'm hoping that you can share some uh, wisdom that you've taken from the work we've done on, on it and what you've learned about yourself. What can you tell everybody about comparing yourself to other people? 
Yeah, it's been a real issue for me. Whose fault it is, it's my own. It's my own insecurities. It's my own stuff, as we've talked about. It's no one, no one. That's funny because I'm reading an awesome book right now called The Four Agreements. And Amazing. Couldn't have come at a better time. And I actually have it written on my wall. And I'll just read these agreements to people because this ties in perfectly. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Those things are <laughs> Facebook especially, it's very easy to overanalyze what somebody says or take what they said and, and make it into your own sort of, I've done it. And I also see other people and I start to compare my life to them. And I start to think, wow, they're successful. Why the fuck am I not there? And we've had this talk so many times and it really affected me in the first, first while. And I'm not going to say I'm a pro at this either. I'm still trying to get through it, but it really bothered me, especially in the online space when a lot of people are doing a lot of the same things. And it just becomes whoever's better at the communicating that fact to the rest becomes the one that looks like they're super successful. They probably are. They probably are. But sometimes it can make others feel unsuccessful, but that's not that person's fault. That person's trying to shed some light, try to add value. It's the person that is watching's fault not fall. I don't want to say fall, but it's about, well, why is that person bothering you? Why does it have anything to do with you? We're all seeing life through different lenses. It's all a big fog. It's like, well, why does anything that they do have anything to do with me? And that's what I always ask. And especially in the online business and dealing with that, you got to just say to yourself, like nothing that they're doing has anything to do with me. So, you know, why am I, my journey is my journey. It has nothing to do with theirs, you know? So why I can't make assumptions on what they're doing and they aren't making assumptions on me. So I found it difficult at times to, especially if I was feeling a little bit down and then you see people winning because let's be honest, man, like social media is like people show their wins and they rarely show their losses and it can be tough, but it's mental conditioning and it's a journey. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's listening. That's think that's gone through that. And yeah, my advice would just be, stay in your lane. Understand that this is your journey. This is your journey, you know? Nobody else's. And everybody is just is just trucking away, just doing their thing. And just don't get triggered by things. If somebody's triggering you, it's probably something within you that you need to work on. That's the reality of it. So I'm still trying to master the whole thing, man. It's it's a crazy, crazy world. Well, it's the reason I brought it up, Lance, is because it's such a major issue for so many people. And and the interesting thing is when you do what I do and people come to see you and tell you their deep inner secrets and their, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes, I have a message to everybody listening is, is never assume that this life you see on social media is exactly what's going on because I've worked with guys that are making $50,000 a year that are snorting it all up their nose, uh, have shitty, horrible relationships in their life. They don't have a connection with themselves or their family. But on social media, they smile and have lots of money. So it's a rabbit hole. It's not worth going down. Something else I wanted to ask you about was as an entrepreneur, you know, you've been through struggles and you've had things to overcome. What's your message, uh, what's, what's your message to the entrepreneurs that are listening right now about uh, creating their dreams? Yeah, I would say follow what you want to do. You figure out what it is you want to do and just don't let anybody talk you out of it because no matter what the fuck you want to do, and I've learned this and I, I wish I knew this when I was trying to make professional hockey, you know, getting into this entrepreneur world, it's not like I didn't have any life lessons. I've fucking failed a lot and I could have played professional hockey. And if I would have known that it's actually a lot easier to be successful than, than we think it is, it's just believing in yourself. And I'm not saying that I'm successful, but I said, I, I feel like in my head, I've fixed the problem that where it was holding me back before to now I'm at least going in that direction on the path, right? As Abraham Hicks says, but you got to believe in yourself. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're trying to play hockey, if you're trying to play football, if you're trying to, you know, hit a rank in a business, if you're trying to climb Mount Everest, it doesn't fucking matter what anybody else says. And you need to follow yourself because no matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody that's going to try and talk you out of it. There's going to be a hater. There's going to be 
you know, your aunt or your uncle or your, they just care about you and they don't want to see you get hurt. Your mom, your dad, whatever it is. But you got to understand that you just need to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody will believe in you. And the more you believe in yourself, the more others will believe in you. It's a funny thing like that. When people see that you believe in yourself, people start to believe in you, you know? But if they see the lack of confidence, they fucking, they're the ones that'll jump on you. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It's, I think that, that self-awareness and just understanding that you have to believe in yourself or you just, you know, you won't move forward. 100%, 100%. And the message I have to add on to that to everybody listening is that if you don't believe in yourself right now, you can learn how to believe in yourself. Nothing has to stay the same. Now, something else I wanted to talk about was your, your podcast, The University of Adversity. I love the name. I love the concept. Uh, it was very exciting to have you come into my office and not know what your full passion was and then working together to identify what you really want to be doing and now seeing you with this successful podcast interviewing all these amazing people. What's the top three most powerful things you've learned from these people after all of these interviews now, Lance? Yeah, it's been, you know, getting into the journey was kind of, it was a different reason than what, a different thing than what I expected would come out of it. I just, I've really realized that how similar we all are at a human level. I love connecting with the human. I love it. And that's what I loved about working in bars. As we talked about, I love conversation. And now I'm able to reach out to people and they agree to come and I get to like find out about them and I love lifting people up and I feel I love to lift them up with their story and in the meantime, inspire people. So I would say the number one would be connecting with people and having conversations I wouldn't normally get to seeing them light up because it's something that I I know I can do. I, I can lift somebody up and I can make them feel better than they did before. That was always my saying in bars I was always my say, make the guests feel better than they did before. And that's the way I always want to be. And number three, just to be able to add value. And people can actually get to know me for me instead of me having to. The thing about Facebook, and I'm not knocking it. Anybody, I, I love Facebook. I love it all. But I'm just meaning for me, I found it hard to post enough stuff that people could get to know the real me. And even if I try to do lives I couldn't connect. I couldn't say what I wanted to say. I feel like now I can teach people about me, but better because the real me is about talking to people and lifting them up. And then you can see the real me. So as far as business goes, like that's the real me. So I just felt now I can do that. Now somebody can, can see me and, and learn from me, but yet I can add value to them without me having to like tell them about myself, if that makes sense. So adding value to people's lives, connecting and, you know, lifting them up is definitely something, the three things. Amazing. Amazing. And one of the things I'd like to add that blew me away is when uh, I first listened to your first podcast and, and how professional you sounded and you were just in your element. And it's super exciting to see people find themselves that way. And you have this deep voice and this presence and where can people find you, Lance? Where do we send people if they want to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm highly active on Instagram and Facebook. All my social media is Lance W. Isios. And my website is LanceEsios.com. Keep it real simple. And you can go there and you can check out all the podcast episodes or, you know, you can get my podcast through my Instagram. Yeah, Lance uh, W. Isios. And also you can get to Ignite our podcast services through the website as well. Awesome. And I highly recommend everybody check out the University of Adversity. He's got some great interviews on there. Now, Lance, can you tell my audience about uh, Ignite Podcast Productions and what's going on with that new venture? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the kind of thing where, you know, when you know something is right, you double down on it. And all you guys listening, all you entrepreneurs out there, you guys know what I mean. It's like, you got that thing and a lot of you have found it. Maybe some of you haven't and that's okay. But when you find something you love, you got to double the fuck down. And I found this and I decided that if this lights me up this much, then I need to help people create this. I need to help people create the same thing. If I didn't have help to create it, I wouldn't have done it. 
there's no question. So for me, I ask myself, how important is my message to get out there? How much do I value my time? So we created a service where we provide a done-for-you podcast platform, service, program, whatever the hell you want to call it, where we do all the stuff for you. You record your area of genius, and we help you create your vision. We do your artwork. We do your production. We do your editing. We do your guest management. All you do is record it, and then we also distribute the content on social media. And this is all done through a process where we craft it out with you. The whole idea is you're busy. You have shit to do. You don't want to learn new stuff. Maybe you do, but you know you value your time, but you want to start a podcast and you want it done professionally. You don't want to worry about it. You want to set it and forget it. That's what we want to do. And I'm just kind of targeting the person that I was and I needed. So, hey, if you want to start your own from scratch and you want to learn it all, that's great. And we're going to probably launch that eventually too. But right now, this is for the person like someone like Adrian who's fucking crushing it and the guy's busy and he just wants to create a podcast and not have to worry about all the ins and outs because let's be honest, you got to learn so many things these days. There's always some whistle thing on this. You got to learn and this, this software, nobody wants to learn that stuff. Well, most people don't and I didn't. So that's why we created this. So yeah, it's been great. It's been great. And I, I'm just, just, I want to light people up and, and just like it's lit me up. So it's, uh, well, it's you exciting. are, you are lighting people up, brother. You're a bright light on this planet. And I can attest to everybody listening that, uh, I hired, I'm actually their first client, which was super exciting. And I'm super excited to support your business. And I've been super impressed because I'm super busy. I want to be spending my time working one-on-one with my clients or as an online educator. I do not fucking want to learn about the ins and outs of technology with podcasts i'll fucking pull my hair out and it won't ever get produced i had to invest in that but i've been very very happy and uh, i'm super excited to see you on your journey lance to finish off this amazing first interview on the power on boost i'm super super excited to have you here today and super grateful for you coming out to spend your time with everybody What's the most powerful thing you want to tell people about turning their power on? What do you want to leave everybody with, Lance? Uh, The most powerful thing, I would say you got to learn to fill your cup, right? Like you got to learn to fill your cup because when you can fill your cup, you can fill other people's, right? I'll use the the analogy of the airplane, right? You got to put on your mask before you put on someone else's. And you need to understand that Investing in yourself, whether it be personal development, exercise, food, it's not selfish. Well, it's selfish in a good way. I think selfish has a bad name when it comes in that regard, but you need to be willing to fill your cup and you have to because the world needs you. And if you have a gift that you need to give this world, if you aren't vibrating at the highest frequency possible, then you're doing others a disservice. And We are amazing creatures. We are creators. We can do so many things, but our society wants to hold us back because they have such fucked up programs that want us to be in boxes. So you need to invest in yourself. You need to read books. You need to do audio. You need to work with amazing people like Adrian. You need to be able to, these things, you need to understand that all you have is you and you need to learn that filling your cup, investing in yourself is the number one thing. Love it, brother. And it's a great way to close off because as everybody knows, my mission is to make self-love go viral. And that's why I wanted to have you out on my first show because you are a prime example of somebody, especially a masculine male coming from an athletic background that uh, things change when you start to come home to yourself and you start loving yourself and facing your shit and owning your stuff. So everybody check out the University of Adversity podcast. This has been an awesome interview with Lance Isios, and I'm super grateful for you coming out today, brother, and just wish you nothing but happiness and success in the future, man. Bro, I love you so much, man. So excited to be with you on this journey, and I'm just like, I'm so pumped, man. It's, it's going to be great, and thank you. I'm so grateful for you and your audience, and I appreciate all you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Power on everybody. You're super fucking powerful. You have everything you need inside of you to manifest whatever you want in your life. And Lance is a prime example. What you'd have to do is come home to yourself, love yourself, do the daily rituals to turn your power on, live your life every day, raising your vibration, and you can live a life of purpose and passion. 
Thanks so much for being here, Lance. I'm super excited to close out the first episode of the Power On Boost. Love you guys. Have an amazing day or evening wherever you are in the world. You just finished another episode of the Power On Boost podcast with your host, Adrian Wesley. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and tune in next time. Power On!